my dear Cynthia has a saying that she's, she's used on me, uh, has spoken to me and changed me for years, and that it's this, that life is what happens in between the things we plan. Life is what happens in between the things we plan. And um, I, was, I was planning to preach from the wonderful story of Jesus walking on the water, um, but Uvalde has interrupted all my plans and my thoughts and my heart and my prayers. And it turned my mind to the gospel that is read every year on December 28th. Now, that's not a day that there's ever a very large crowd, <laughs> three days after Christmas. In fact, I don't know in my whole, the 50, almost 50 years of my priesthood, if there have ever been five people present for Holy Communion on that particular Saint's Day. And so it's quite common that we never read the terrible end of the, of the coming of the three wise men. We hear about the coming of the three wise men at Epiphany on a Sunday every year, but we, we generally, only a few of us will be familiar with the tragic story of Herod uh, sending out word to destroy, to kill all the male children under two years of age. The, the horror that has unfolded again in our country and that unfolded in Uvalde on Tuesday um, has brought confusion and sorrow and grief and anger uh, to many, I'm sure, that every possible emotion that that we could have had, we've had this week, some of us, and some of us may not be free from it the moment we turn on the television and see the news or pick up a paper or listen to the radio or read a blog. Everybody, it seems, has something to say. And I'm extremely tentative that I believe I'm supposed to speak into this. Um, I, I don't know about you, but most of what I've heard uh, by commentary th this week has been all about the surface. It, 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 it's, it's, from my perspective, it's all up on the surface. And it doesn't get to the source. And I believe that the source is a nation that has turned its back on God. You probably don't know, you wouldn't have a particular reason, I suppose, to have ever really learned very much about Herod, the man who sent the order out to kill all the, the young boys. Um, and probably have never pondered how many of his servants and how many soldiers must have been involved in that. the horror of it, the wickedness of it. I, I do believe that as a nation, we are reaping the whirlwind of turning our back on God. I believe that there's been a steady stream of political and judicial decisions in this nation which are contrary to God's will. 
I believe that in this country, in my lifetime, there has been a steady erosion of Christian courage on the part of true believers, lay and ordained. Some of you will be very familiar, I hope all of you, with the temptation of our Lord in the wilderness at the beginning of his public ministry and how one of the temptations that the devil put before the Lord Jesus was that he should put the Lord God to the test. Put the Lord God to the test. And Jesus refused and quoted from the law of Moses in Deuteronomy. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I believe as a nation, we have been putting God to the test for a long time, presuming on God's mercy, presuming on God's goodness, presuming on God's provision, presuming on the inheritance that we've been given in this country of one of the most amazing nations in the history of the world. I defy anyone to describe a more God-blessed nation in all of history that America has been. And yet, more and more, day by day, this country turns its back on God. The slaughter of the innocents that is remembered every year on December 28th um, heightens to those who ponder it or think about it, the story of a horridly evil man. Herod was a horribly evil ruler. This is the least of the things that this wicked man did, as horrifying as it is to imagine. Herod was one of the world's most wicked human beings to ever live, and yet he wielded great power. His rage, though, I don't see as any different than Putin's rage. Putin is quite content, seems, to utterly destroy Ukraine, to have his way. I don't think Herod's rage is any different than Salvador Ramos' rage. The 18-year-old who committed such a horrific crime, such a horrific crime. Now, believers, true believers all over the world, and certainly in our own country, have been moved deeply in this week to prayer. Not because we doubt God's mercy, not because we doubt God's love, not because we don't know anything about the goodness of God, but because we know the evil that is in men's hearts without God. And we know how grieved the heart of God is for what happened in Uvalde. The temptation, I'm sure, in your life as in my life is to turn from my grief to who can I blame? Who can I blame? Who can I, who can I, who can I shake my fist against? But I know the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is that men and women are fallen from grace. Every man in this room is a sinner. Sinner. 
Every single man in this room is a sinner. Every man in this room has the potential to do evil in his heart. And so does every woman. That's the gospel. Without God's grace and mercy in Christ Jesus, human beings will descend into the pit of hell. The things that are contrary to all that is good, all that is true, all that is lovely, all that is righteous, will be the things that are honored. Not the things that are honored, pardon me. Without the knowledge of God's grace, without the knowledge of God's law, without the knowledge of God's will, human beings will rage murderously against one another. Without God, the, 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 the things that are becoming so common, the things that we are seeing so regularly, not these terrible, terrible, terrible moments when children, innocent children, are slaughtered by wicked men, but all around us, all around us, we see the evidence of what is happening without the truth and the love and the law of God and the grace of God in Christ Jesus. What are we going to do? Barricade all our schools? Are we going to barricade all our public spaces? We now have barricades around our capital. We have barricades around the Supreme Court building. We have barricades around neighborhoods. Are we gonna barricade our houses soon to keep out evil men? A nation that rejects God's truth will become a den of demons. It will. If God's truth does not prevail in marriages, if God's truth does not prevail in families, if God's laws do not prevail in the society, if God's truth is not taught in the schools, if God's will is not a part of our economy, if God's will is not part of our politics, we will descend into darkness and we are well on the way. I understand every response that has happened in our nation, I truly do. I have, I have run the gamut of reactions. But as I have tried to pray and as I've tried to listen, I've gotten to a point where I don't want to hear any more from the news media. Because they're not dealing with the reality, in my opinion. The political establishment are making me sick the blogosphere, the rush to scapegoat, the rush to, to assign the blame, the rush to speak of what went wrong and how, how stupid they were, or how wrong this was, or how this, or how this, or how this, to me, is a way to avoid the truth. The truth is that America is a nation growing daily in its rejection of God. In Uvalde, 
and in Pauli's Island. I believe with all my heart the tragedy that we are living through again is related to the church's failure to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ in this nation. I think we have to face the fact that we have been alive when we have let our nation go. And without true Christian men and women being courageous enough to stand in the face of what is wrong, we get what we're getting. I know, forgive me if there's anyone in this room who has loved ones who have been or are involved in the, the, the law enforcement community. I know what terrible mistakes those police made. But bear with me for a moment and imagine a little town of 16,000 people, a few dozen miles from the border of Mexico. How well trained do you suppose those police were? How ready to die were any of them when someone with an AR-15 or 14 or whatever it is is, is, is trying to kill them? Of course they made mistakes. But I want to know where was the father of that young man? And do you know what? I haven't heard a word this week on TV or in the radio or in print that's asking the question, where was his father when he was growing up? Where was his mother? Where were the neighbors? Where was the family? Where were the teachers? He didn't just spring up on his 18th birthday out of nowhere. And when the news are trying to explain this, this, this evil that they don't dare call evil and yet they want to call evil because even the most hardened unbeliever knows that was evil what that young boy did. They're talking to teenagers to try to figure out what was going on with him. God help us, they've learned from a girl, a teenager in Germany, things that he was telling her digitally. Don't tell me the adults of Uvalde are not complicit. The parents, the people, Unless true believers are willing to pay the price of standing up against the darkness in this culture, what hope is there for the children? If we are not part of a community that is willing to pay the price of seeking first the kingdom of God, what hope is there for the children? If we don't demand what we know to be right in the communities in which we live, what hope is there for the children? 
dear Todd read the two scriptures that I had picked um, to go along with a very different gospel. Psalm 33 and a portion of the first letter of John. Well read, Todd. Um, but in that little section of John's gospel, the picture of the nature, nature of the church of Jesus Christ is caught, it's, it's captured. That the true church is born again of the Spirit of God. And it is a community that loves God and the things of God and the commandments of God. We have been guilty, and I have been guilty, of retreating and retreating and retreating and retreating from a culture that is speaking against, living against, writing against, educating against everything we believe to be true. And we have done it because we are afraid. We don't want to be spoken against. We don't want to be thought strange. We don't want to be called names. We don't want to lose business. We don't want to lose a pulpit. And yet we know the truth. But as we retreat more and more and more and more, the culture around our children is a culture of death. God alone can change that. I believe that God has the power. I believe that God in his mercy may not have absolutely removed his hand from our nation. I actually believe that of all the nations that have ever existed on the face of the earth, no nation has ever been so blessed by God as the United States of America. But a nation that has been so blessed that turns its back on God will reap the whirlwind. How could it be different? It could be different very simply in my judgment. It could be very different if every Christian in this nation was praying and opening the word of God daily that God would touch, guide, strengthen, and correct their individual life. If every Christian couple in this nation were praying and seeking first the kingdom of God in their marriage and their family. If every Christian in the United States of America was a part of a small gathering, I like to call them little groups, a small gathering of other men, other women in the week, trying to learn to help one another be faithful followers of Jesus, practically, honorably, truthfully, in the light of Scripture. If every Christian leader in this nation who dares to call him or herself a leader, who believes they are a leader, who has been designated a leader in whatever sphere of life, 
teacher, politician, insurance salesman, business leader. If every single man or woman who has any leadership responsibility in this country and is truly a Christian is actually submitted to Christ for their daily life, their daily speech, their daily interaction with others, this nation would be different. If all the Christians of this country were willing, willing to be led by a pastor who loves God and loves God's word and desires to be led by God's word, it would be a different nation. Those five things are not rocket science. My personal life, my marital life, my family life, my small group life, my leadership life, my submission to God's will and God's church. When I was a boy, superficially, Gallup would take the polls and some 80 86, 87% of the people of the United States profess to be Christians. Today, the professors, according to Gallup, are about 62%. Rachel was weeping, the scripture says. She was inconsolable. I understand in small measure her grief. I feel her grief. The thought of being a parent of one of those child children is just almost overwhelming to me. The thought of being a teacher in that elementary school is just overwhelming to me. The thought of those poor policemen who will live with this memory and the children that survived almost overwhelms me. But I know God in Christ Jesus. And I know it's not what he wants. And I know that his way for the world to be different is that his children, his believing community are different. And when there are enough of them, every single community they live in changes. Every business changes. Every house of government changes. Every judicial assembly changes. Because God's truth is welcomed. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, we lift up those who grieve the parents the friends, the neighbors, the teachers, the, those involved in law enforcement, everyone that was involved in a firsthand way and is suffering the consequences of those dreadful hours. Have mercy upon them, O oh Lord. Have mercy upon them. Have mercy on us who grieve our nation all who grieve and mourn. 
Lord, we know that the hand of evil people, evil men, evil tyrants are operating in every place on the face of the earth except where your grace and truth has come. Spread your truth, Lord. Give courage to men and women of faith to be unafraid in the face of opposition and resistance and hatred and even death. Make us strong, Lord, and bring us together with all who love you, all who want what only you can give. Make us strong, Lord, that your kingdom, as we pray, may come on this earth where we live as it is in heaven. And of your great mercy, grant to the children who have survived in Uvalde the healing of their memories in time. Please, Lord, bring loving, compassionate care to them in the coming years, days, weeks, months, and years, that the healing that only you can give would be granted to them, that they not live in fear for the remainder of their lives, and give wisdom to all in authority in the days ahead. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.